Hello and welcome. You are listening to the Equipped to Be Show with Connie Albers. Equipped to Be is a podcast dedicated to helping you discover and develop your unique strengths, gifts, and talents so you can apply them to all areas of life. So let's get ready to dive into how you are equipped to be. Hello, everybody. Thank you so much for joining me at this special edition of Coping with Crisis, more specifically COVID. Now, I have invited a series of experts on the show because I want to address very specific elements to what's happening within the family unit. I mean, the family, it's not like the family is under attack. It's that the whole world is having to face a pandemic like never seen before. So I actually invited one of my dearest friends, to the podcast. Now you heard her in an earlier episode is Sherry Selickson. And we talked about friendship. She's been my friend for over 30 years. God bless her heart. She puts up with me for that long, but she is a mother of many. And I, that podcast was so well received. You should go check it out. I think it's the third episode of Equipped to Be. But we talked about friendships and and all that kind of stuff about relationships, and it was awesome. But I asked her back, because Sherry is a marine biologist. I mean, she's a mama of four. She's an author. She's a speaker. She's written numerous uh, science-related curriculum and, and, and scores of instructional videos to help parents teach their children science. So she certainly understands and is probably quite fascinated by all of this, but I brought Sherry on the show again today for a very specific reason. I know Sherry. I know she, I've known Sherry for, like I said, over 30 years, and there's something that Sherry and I have similar. Our families are not identical. We're, we have very different children. Sherry is different from me. Her husband is different from my husband. Our, the dynamics of our kids and our family are all very different, but there's some things we've learned because Sherry and I have both have husbands who work from home, have their own business that they've operated out of their home for a long time. We homeschooled our kids. Our kids were around 24-7. So in many ways, while it wasn't forced homeschooling, we still had to get this thing called school done. And we also had to balance the work that we had on our plates. You know, Sherry had science curriculums to write and, you know, teach her children. So that is the purpose of this show is how do you do that? And you're hearing from both Sherry and I who have been doing it uh, myself. We've been doing it for almost 30 years and I I know Sherry's been doing it for, I think, 15, maybe more. I'll ask her, but please invite Sherry Selickson back to the program. Hey, Sherry. Hey, Connie. How you doing? Thanks for coming back on the show. I mean, this is crazy time, isn't it? This It really is. I yeah. mean, what are you hearing out there? Well, um, the whole gamut, you know, from toilet paper to Armageddon, but um, we, there's, there's some balance, um, to receive, to receive all of this. And hopefully part of that can be addressed as we talk, but, um, you know, we, um, we are, you're wondering what is this, what should we be doing? You know, we're all finding ourselves at home. Um, it's, it's, uh, it's not a life and death situation for the entire population, but the spread of this virus is what's been so shocking. And I think my son is, I'm not an infectious disease person, but my son is a cancer researcher 
and um, and studies bugs like this. And this is not a living thing. Viruses are not alive, but they they can spread. And this particular one is a stinker. It spreads super rapidly. And that's why uh, we're trying to minimize our movement because we're trying to um, prevent the spread. So uh, people don't all contract it at the same time. And we zap our resources to treat people who need extra treatment. So we don't want to overrun our hospitals and run out of things like oxygen um, for people who need it. So um, all that to say, we find ourselves thrown and as a nation, really, and as the world into a situation where we're at home, our kids are at home, our husbands are at home, and we really don't want to go out to other places to protect ourselves. And yet we still have to function, don't we? Yeah. Yeah. Um, like we said, you know, the, the bills still need to be paid and the kids, I don't know about yours, but mine still want to eat several times a day. <laughs> yeah. um, so I want to jump right in. Let's talk about having, let's first talk about having our spouses at home. I know when my husband came home, he was in corporate life And when he basically made the decision to start working from home and have his own firm from home, uh, we were just told, oh, that'll never work. You can never work together. Uh, My girlfriends, not you, Sherry, but my girlfriends would basically say, I don't, you're going to fight all the time. And I would just laugh. I'm like, we fight all the time anyway. What's a little bit more? Um, (laughs) But, but, you know, we, you know, there were a lot of pessimistic people that it couldn't, it couldn't be done. And did you get any of that when your sweet husband decided to come home and work from home as well? We, we did get our share of um, a couple of comments here and there. Um, but, and, and honestly, someone would say something in jest, but when someone says something like that in jest, it, it kind of sticks in your mind. And so I was starting to think I was, I was initially not really concerned about it. And then after I started getting the comments, I was like, Oh, did I really care? <laughs> <laughs> something of you were, and so, and we had some adjustments. There's, there's a, there's an adjustment period, and actually, we can talk about that. Both Let's you and do I, that. yeah, because that's what we're, that's what a lot of us are facing now. Even though it's a slightly different kind of adjustment, it's still an adjustment of having people with you uh, who no, who don't normally have, and all of our our schedules are totally different. And I think that's what part of the crux of this. There's a. I know my listeners are thinking, oh, yes, but your husbands decided, I mean, they chose this, that, you know, that is true. It, they did choose that. So whether your spouse and even you, because I've been home, working from home for, well, 34 years, Sherry, you've been working from home, I don't know, about the same time. You know, Sherry, whether you are forced into having to work from home or like our husbands chose to work from home, there's still a period of adjustment and that adjustment can cause friction. It can cause fights. It can cause misunderstandings. So I would love for you to share, uh, you know, a couple of the things that helped you and your husband work through that transition period of him being gone 40, 50 hours a week to him being home an additional 40, 50 hours a week. (laughs) Yeah, that was an adjustment. Um, and, and part of it started with just our unspoken expectations of each other. You know, I just had the way I did things. He had the way he did things. He expected certain things in the day and I did too. And we did, we had forgotten to share those things with each other. So it instantly started with frustration. And then the way I do things is different than the way he might imagine I would do them. For example, I would start a load of laundry in the morning and then start with the kids doing stuff, um, 
because we home educated, we'd be starting school. I'd be multitasking with all the kids. And then sometimes I'd get back to the laundry to transfer to the dryer. And sometimes life would just get crazy and it would go longer than it needed to. And I'd have to rewash that load. <laughs> and that was a big, big, <laughs> it's come and say, Hey, this laundry has been here for 10 minutes wet. And, and I would, you know, it's like, Hey, I had to prioritize here. I've got a poopy diaper with the kid painting all over the walls. And so that's higher priority. And so um, having to navigate that with each other, that there are certain things I do my way and his way, and I'm willing to listen to suggestions, but understanding that I had been doing this for, it's kind of like the, the traditional age old retirement that the husband retires and comes home. And so we had to walk through some of that. I also had to be considerate of him working as well and, and know when I needed to keep the kids quiet if he was on a call or, or something. And so we, we had to communicate and that was a big deal. And, and there were even some personal like household adjustments. Um, we, before he had a little home office nook, he would be working in our bedroom and he works at the crack of dawn. He gets up, I'm a, I'm a night owl. He's a morning person. And I would find that he would have these long, he's an engineer. He had these big old pages of paper. He'd have to spread out to see the drawings and he would be using the bed while <laughs> I was still in it. So, you know, I'm like, this is not working. So we had to, we had to navigate that. And um, I think the biggest uh, help was that we would be, helpfully communicative um, and understanding of each other, knowing that we both were going for the same thing. This is a time right now of high stress for everybody. We've not made this choice to do it. Like you said, we didn't choose to bring everybody home. Um, and um, right now, every, people are finding themselves in that situation. And yet, and so it can be even more frustrating that we're all on top of each other. So communication is probably the first thing I would recommend just what are your expectations? What's most important to you? Um, how can I help my husband? How can he help me being for each other? We're for one another rather than fighting against each other. So I don't know. Will you have any similar comments on that one? You know, it's it's interesting that you meant manage expectations. Uh, I, I think that is critical. I want to ask you how, when you're talking about, you know, really the communication that you and, and your husband needed to have, how did you broach that? Did you have once like, Hey honey, we're going to talk every Sunday evening or every evening. Would you have a time where you could both vent a little bit about what was going on? So you could I've, work them out. How did you do that? Now, I wish we were more organized before. It was more of a, it started from tears usually. And, you know, we need to be real about that. It's sometimes it's just frustration. And and so um, we've learned over the years. Now, we've been married over 30 years. Um, so we've, um, we've learned that it's better to be proactive than wait until we get to a point where I'm just falling apart in tears or he's really, really frustrated or something. So um, we have, we have progressed in that way, but um, if we weren't regularly meeting now, I do recommend, you know, for people who are just all of a sudden, everybody's at home to, to understand that's an issue and that say, Hey, can we talk tonight after dinner, after the kids go to bed, just about what the week looks like, just about what tomorrow looks like. I was going to um, say with what we, we're facing, I'm so sorry to interrupt you, yeah. but with what we're facing right now, it's almost like you need to have a debrief like they do <laughs> in, yeah. in the, you know, political arena. We have to debrief to, so this is our game plan until something changes. Um, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I think that that needs to be done and maybe even say, hey, let's regroup tomorrow and touch base again. And just, um, you know, again, knowing that you're both for each other, you know, knowing that 
and this is a marriage thing. You don't wake up in the morning saying, how can I, you know, disrupt my husband's <laughs> work day to day? And he doesn't wake up in the morning saying, how can I disrupt my wife's work day? They're, we're not out for each other, but we sometimes can feel like that yeah. if we don't talk about it. And so I think that, that, um, open talking, understanding we're for one another, and then bringing it out to the kids, helping them to see, you know, we are in a situation that's new, it's different. We still have to function through this. We don't know the duration. It's already kind of stressful. We want this to be um, a positive situation. So we're working for this. And so communication is the first thing. I think scheduling is the next thing, but is it, I don't know if you want to talk more about communication. But. Oh, you know, I, I love that. I, I would love to deep dive more on that, but let's, let's jump over to, you know, we, we've got the kids in tow now and they're, they, you know, a lot of families, I think there's like, I think the last rec I heard like 10 million kids, I could be wrong, but it's a pretty large number where mom and dad, they're used to the morning drill. You know, they're, you said schedules are important. I, I would still recommend you maintain a schedule and routine, whether you have homeschooled in the past, like Sherry and I did, we didn't just wake up whenever we felt. And by the way, we would do math whenever we felt, and maybe we would do English. No, you have a rhythm and routine, just like you do in every, you know, area of life. Something is expected of you at a certain time. There's very few people that truly can just decide whatever they want, whenever they want. Life is often dictated. So the rhythm and the routine and setting up of the schedules is important. And I would say in, in your case, if, you're, if your kids are just coming home, then you'll want to kind of follow what the school system does. You don't have to ring a bell, although to be honest with you, I would probably have a bell and we would ring the bell and we would change <laughs> books and, you know, I'm just like that, which is, which is why I think it's funny. Sherry's still my friend. Um, but we, so the rhythm and routine is important, but Sherry, let's talk about what it's like to have these humans that you love with all your heart, but you don't drop them off in, at the car, at the carpool line and you don't go pick them up in six hours and you get everything that you need to get done in six hours. You now somehow have to make sure they're getting their school done and you're getting your work finished. So ta let's talk about that a little bit. Yeah, that's, that's a constant struggle. I mean, that was a struggle for me as well. And, and of course, I didn't want to just throw them in front of the TV set, although that was very tempting. Um, but I would use that time. I would I would parse out in the same way you kind of savor your dessert time. You know, I'm going to have a dessert maybe tonight, but not tomorrow night or tomorrow night because I'm going to forego it tonight. Same thing with the um, the movie. I'm like, OK, I know I can go hard and fast if they're watching a movie for X number of hours. Um, like a two hour movie or something, I can get that much guaranteed time to work. And so I would, I would schedule things um, and I would try to mix it up for them. Um, so we would do something where I'm working with them. Uh, then I would send them out to go play for a little bit in the backyard, or I would send them up to, you know, this, this is time to play with your building toys or your games or whatever. And I would try to make even like a curriculum of, of toys for them. This is, you know, coloring time or painting time. And um, even for the older ones, it would be, you know, reading time or, you know, time in your room uh, to just hang or, or listen to music um, within reason. But um, it, it, we, we each had uh, schedules and I tried to navigate it so that we, um, when I knew they were occupied, I could get something done. Um, and then I also pulled my husband in to help occasionally too. If he was having a lighter day or during his lunch, sometimes we would, we would even 
um, sw- swap out our lunches. He would take lunchtime, be with the kids while I had that hour to get some work done. And then I would take lunchtime and be with the kids while he started working. And so that was helpful. Um, so we, we, it was not hard and fast for us every single day the same, but we did have a general schedule of when things would be done. So my kids knew what to do when, and I knew what they were doing. And it was, it was, it took time. Mm-hmm. And, you know, some, I don't know that a lot of families are going to have, um, the flexibility of time, like for the next month and a half, two months or three months to build up to this. It's like all of a sudden they find themselves here and we can't even go to the museum or the zoo because we're not allowed to go there. And so, um, we're all at home. Um, uh, so I think it requires some creative thinking. Um, if you have olders and youngers involve your olders with the youngers as part of this family pulling together kind of thing. Um, and then that way everyone is putting in their share to enjoy that. And then looking at this as an opportunity for your family to have some togetherness. Think about this, how um, as a nation, we have pulled away from the family dinner. And the family dinner is such an important, um, I don't know, institution almost in keeping families tight. And we, you know, we're always so busy. This is what a great time where we're going to have forced family dinners for <laughs> the next several weeks. Um, and so it, it's, I think we need to look at this as an opportunity to use that time wisely and, um, you know, really just call on the Lord to give us the creativity to walk it. Um, so. I love what you said. I have pretty much every guest has articulated that one response. What an opportunity. And I like to say there is a silver lining in all of this. As much as we can get consumed with worry or fear or anxiety, or as much as we could get stressed out by those little humans that you absolutely love, but they can drive you crazy because all of a sudden (laughs) you realize certain children are a little more needy than the others, or certain people might be a little more stubborn than you uh, previously realized because you're not actually confined to a home for 24-7, which is a very big difference. But you still frame that in the context of it is an opportunity. Your children are living, and I know we said this earlier, but your children or our children are living an extraordinary time. This will be something written in the history books. And I know, you know, kids don't read history books anymore. They'll read, they'll (laughs) Google it, you know, they'll have to do Google it. But these are stories we're going to tell our grandchildren about, oh, the day when there was this coronavirus, and we were all stuck in our house for 60 hours a day. You know how the whole I had to walk to school five miles up. I'm sure, you know, by the time our kids are grown, and I mean, our grand kids are older who knows how we'll you know land that story and but I'm sure it's that's going to have a little embellishment for emphasis but the truth is this is an extraordinary period of history it's it's probably the first time and God willing the only time in your children's life that they will see a global pandemic of this proportion. I mean, it's been over a hundred years the Spanish flu was 1918 so H1N1 didn't have the damage that the the Spanish flu did. And, you know, my Mm -hmm. prayer is that America has kind of watched these other countries and that we have taken such extraordinary proactive measures that maybe we will look back and think, wow, they just were overreactive. No, 
I pray that they look at it and say they were judicious, they took cautions, and because of that, they avoided like a cataclysmic catastrophe of epic proportion. And I'm not exaggerating with that. But one thing, Sherry, that when I think about the opportunity that I have found happens is your children are, can be glued to their devices or you could be glued to the news and your children are listening and they're picking up on your vibe. If you're worried, if you're concerned, if you're, you know, fretting, if you're mad at them because you're not getting your work done because I mean, frankly, the work, the whole work environment has absolutely changed, but here's a specific strategy. And I think Sherry, you've probably used it as well. And that is tell the children what you're going to do. Just tell them, all right, we're going to get up. We're going to straighten up the place. We're going to, maybe you won't get out of your pajamas. I don't care if you get out of your pajamas. Some families are really big on that and some aren't. But we're going to do this. And then say this key word, okay? And miraculously, it'll be like some of your kids will be like, I don't want to. But most of them will say, okay. And then we're going to do an hour of school. And then mommy's going to work for an hour. And then we're going to come back and we're do reading for a little while. And then we're going to have lunch. Okay. And you know, I can probably see you because I say this all the time. When that happens, your children just can't help but nod their head. Yes. Okay. (laughs) If kids, and you, you alluded to this, Sherry, if children know what you're doing, when you're going to stop and what's going to come next, they become less combative. Would you agree? Absolutely. If they know what's happening and there's a plan, then they're aware they've, they've already accepted the expectation there. Again, it's that expectation thing. And so, yes, I mean, you can tell them this is what's going on. I love how you said that. This is what we're doing. And then this is happening. And then this is happening. And following through with that really does. It actually gives them some security too. Yeah. It, it They know what's going on. They're secure in that. Honestly, we are all feeling a little insecure right now um, because we can't control things. And boy, do we like to control stuff. And so (laughs) not me. (laughs) So um, so it's it's really good to do that. And the more we can give them some um, an idea of that security, the better they will be doing through this as well. And actually we'll do better, too. Um, Ultimately, our security is in the Lord and he is not surprised by any of this. But we um, we still are wanting to hang on and we're feeling less and less anchored because things are so different. So I think that that is, um, you know, ask the Lord for strength to say this stuff to them, that this is what we're going to do for the ne- Even if it's just for the next 15 minutes, if you can't think beyond 15 minutes, right. do it for 15 minutes and, and try to work together as a team and, and keep using that, um, you know, that family team like terminology. It's harder when you've got teens to get them on board like that. And I feel like sometimes you got to be the the cheerleader. Um, And yet it is, is still good for them to hear. They hide that in their heart. They hear that. And so um, that is hopefully an encouragement to keep that, um, that mode in your family. And Sherry, you know, you and I are at a, a season in life where we're not trying to figure this out. You know, we don't have the littles, And we don't have the teens. And I know I said we have never lived through a crisis of this magnitude, but we did live, we did have children when the economy was collapsing and the housing market was collapsing. Houses, people were upside down. People were losing their life savings in the stock market. 
we walk through H1N1. Uh, but I think you and I, we have nine children between us. They're all adults now. And one of the things that Sherry and I, and that's why I really wanted Sherry on this, is we're not talking about a theory here. We're talking about what we did, how we did it, why we did it, and then what's the outcome? The outcome is you have children that learn how to navigate future crisis. Would you agree with that? Absolutely. And, you know, I think we would all be fooling ourselves to think that our kids would never experience crisis ever in their lives anyway. I'm not saying that you know, may it well, may as well be this one, but life is hard and there are hard things that happen in our lives. And so this is this is the next thing that's come. You know, we also had 9-11 when our kids were young and that uncertainty of what's going on. Are we at war and, and what's what it's going to look like for our families? And so there's there's always there's always potentially going to be something. but. Um, helping to rally our family together and in what we know, what we're doing, how we're going to navigate this for today. And then tomorrow, here's what we're going to do today. And now here's what we're going to do the next day. And so um, understanding that we just move forward and we do what we can do with what we've been given. um, That is the way to make it through. And again, uh, for me, knowing spiritually um, that God is in control is the anchor for me that um, I'm here to do what I need to do that he's given me to do. And um, he's given me these kids and this household and this husband, and we are moving forward as a family in him. I love that. That's beautiful. So as we wrap up, uh, let me just kind of recap some of the things that Sherry said that were that were so, so good. When you're forced to work together, and like Sherry said, her husband worked in the bedroom. Mine did too for a while. Um, we're opposites, but you know, I'm the, I'm her <laughs> husband. I'm the morning bird, you know, Hey, good morning, everybody. And they can all just grunt at me. Um, but you know, um, Sherry, you just talked about managing expectations. I think that is so important as we kind of bring this to a close. I want you to chew on these things. As you learn to cope with this crisis, it's going to be a fluid situation. We really, what is going on today might be radically different from what we're we're told to do tomorrow. But manage those expectations within your family. Manage them with what you expect of your husband. Sherry mentioned about being communicative. It's very important to talk. It it doesn't mean that you don't have a voice and you just have to be mute and not say anything. No, you need to be able to speak. But one thing that I write about, and I know Sherry, you agree with, is monitoring your mouth, making sure the words that come out of your mouth land into a tender place of your your husband and your child's heart. And and I know we're all stressful, so words can just kind of pop out kind of quick. But we have to take our words and we have to take our thoughts captive. And like Sherry said, the the Lord is our anchor. God's word is true. He can be trusted. We haven't been forgotten. He hasn't just said, hey, you know, this is Good luck with this. Uh, He hasn't done that. Um, Sherry mentioned about being considerate, about being considerate of your husband and his needs and his expectations, about being considerate of your children and, you know, what their needs are and how you can best meet their needs. Then we talked about, like, when you've got to work, if you tell your children, like, what's coming because you've established, uh, you've told them what the routine or the rhythm is going to look like for the day because you've put some time structure, although it's loose, that if you tell them what's going to happen and how, how we're going to do things, there will be modifications. But 
you're, you at least cut down on the resistance, even, even resistance from those children who are a tad bit reluctant. Sherry also focused on, oh, I'm sorry. Sherry also focused on the last part, and that was you're a family, and you want to be teaching your children how to do life together. This is just a blip in our history. It is going to be a, probably a big, th- thick chapter in the history books, but it is part of history, and your children will one day look back as ours do and talk about where they were, what they were doing, what jobs they had, what, you know, what got disrupted in their lives when this happened, much like our kids can talk about where they were when 9-11 happened, uh, where they were when some of these other, uh, you know, we went to war. Your kids remember those things. So you are, this is a defining moment in all of our lives. There's none of us that are escaping this. It's how we respond and how we react that's going to make all the difference in your future relationships with your children. And I can tell you, Dave and Sherry have a beautiful family with four amazing adult children that are not the same, right, Sherry? They're very different. Oh, yes, they are very different. (laughs) But they were intentional to love the child that they had and not the one they wish they had. You know, they didn't look at my family and say, can't you be more like Connie's kids? And I didn't, my kids didn't look at me and say, can't you be more like Sherry? She's a better mom than you. No, they didn't do that. And we're, that's because we cultivated the uniqueness of our family and celebrated that. So just remember something that uh, is being, uh, it's like a constant theme and Sherry hit on it. And that this, you get to spend time with your kids in this manner. All those things that you haven't had time for, you now have time for. And you have the opportunity to form, shape, mold, and fashion those children and how they will one day teach your grandkids. And Sherry, as a grandmother, you know exactly what I'm talking about. Absolutely. Yeah, it is. It's, it is the coolest thing to see our kids behaving parental to our grandchildren and wanting for them um, some of the things that we had wanted for our kids. And um, that generational uh, thing is such a blessing. It is, it is, it, I can't even put that into words, but um, I, I have to correct you one thing. I did want to be Connie when I grew up. <laughs> <laughs> okay. That, sorry. I had to back away from the mic on that one. That's kind of funny. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'd, seriously, it was, um, it just is such a, a great thing to have the perspective that we didn't have when we were in the middle of this. Right. Um, and so to be able to look back and say, wow, in spite of all the things I wish I could have redone or, or the frustrations we walked through, um, I can see, granted, it's not been perfect, but um, I can see God's hand through it. And he's faithful. He is going to do the same thing here. We need to just be faithful also in taking up the, um, the assignment he's given us. And um, there are practical things we can do to be proactive in this uh, that will really make this time uh, redemptive rather than just enduring it. So um, I I would encourage everyone to try to do that as best we can. And then again, knowing we're not going to do it perfectly, but um, it's okay. It's okay. So Sherry, where can people find you? Well, you're on the, you're on the world wide web. You're everywhere. I'm somewhere. In there. I'm somewhere. I'm, I'm, uh, I have a, a, a website, uh, sherryselligson.com. It's S H E R R I 
uh, Seligson, S-E-L-I-G-S-O-N.com. And then I'm also, um, I'm really on Facebook a lot. I've actually started uh, for these next two weeks, I've committed to go on to a Facebook Live every um, every day uh, for 15 minutes where I'm going to just do some fun stuff with uh, for kids. We're going to talk about all kinds of science concepts and educational stuff and activities. I might throw in a craft. We may even do some science baking. I don't know what we're going to do as we go, but I just want to be available to help other families who are going through this and um, and just for fun, for free, for enjoyment, for just coming alongside and encouraging. And so I'm grateful that you're doing this um, as well, offering this opportunity for families to be encouraged. Yeah. So they're folding the laundry and they're making sandwiches again and <laughs> they're dealing with arguments and all the stuff. But, you know, they're also having a great time building a family that they'll one day uh, be enjoying uh, adult relationships with. So, Sherry, thank you for coming on again. I always love when we can get together and have these chats and help our listeners grow and build a strong family. It's just the greatest thing to be able to do together. So I so appreciate you and family and friends as you get ready, you know, as you're dealing with the ins and outs of all the the conflicting information that you're getting and a lot of the fear that's coming and uneasiness maybe in your own life, just do not let your heart be troubled and just remember that God is in control. Take those thoughts captive. God, just remember God has not given you a, a spirit of fear, but of sound mind. And a wise woman considers all that she does before she does it. So as you are organizing your days and uh, paying attention, I just am so grateful that you uh, are able to join me for coping with crisis. If you would, I'd love for you to share it with your friends that you know might be blessed by this, that they're they're right there with you. They're folding laundry and, you know, they're trying to figure out uh, what do I do next and do I have enough groceries? Do I have enough toilet paper? Oh, all the toilet paper means, y'all. Those are pretty funny. It's not serious, but we do need to have a little bit of of humor and a sense of humor. Uh, Otherwise, I think we would probably go crazy. But thank you for joining me. Uh, I'll be back again. See you next time. Well, that wraps up this episode of Equipped to Be. If you enjoyed this show, please share it with a friend or family member and hit subscribe so you don't miss a show. And thank you again for joining me. Remember that we are equipped for every season of life.